This year, I'll spend less time with God. I will hide my faith from my coworkers. This year, I will spend more and tithe less. I will read the Bible as little as possible. I will remain silent when I know I should speak. This year. This year. This year, I will not share my faith with my best friend. I will shirk leadership responsibilities every chance I get. I will continue to justify my bad behavior. And give God my leftovers. This year. This year. This year, I will let the busyness of life squeeze God out. Well, I know that we don't intentionally make those resolutions. Uh, maybe some people would. I, I'm pretty sure this, this crowd here, this group, you probably wouldn't make those uh, resolutions. If I asked you personally, uh, if you wanted to grow closer to God this year, you would probably say yes, especially if the pastor's asking you, right? You would, you would say it. Uh, you'd tell me that you, you would want to read the Bible more, you would want to follow God's plans as close as you can, and that you don't want God to be squeezed out of your life. But that is exactly what will happen if you don't consciously and proactively decide that you won't let it happen, right? Because life does tend to squeeze God out. And that's what, that's what today is all about. Uh, as we head into a brand new year, uh, literally just what, 11 hours old, uh, we, uh, we want to start well, especially in our relationship with God. Did you know that God cares how you use your life. You probably did know that. The, the older I get, uh, the, the, the more I realize that, that time is a valuable resource that seems to be moving faster every day, uh, every minute. Uh, it's, it's our responsibility to use the time that God has given us to use it wisely. Uh, we literally do spend time, right? We have uh, the, the minutes, the hours, uh, and then we spend it on something. And when we use it up, it's gone. We don't get it back. Uh, there will come a day when our time will be done on this earth, and we really do have precious little time. Having said that, this sermon, I think, could slip very quickly into a message on uh, time management or uh, personal productivity or practical efficiency, uh, all of those things. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all of those things, but, but the Bible emphasizes something that's even more important than those things than being just time management, and that is spiritual effectiveness. God wants us to be spiritually effective. And so as we start a new year, we're starting this, this new sermon series asking the question, well, what's next? Uh, wh how do I know what God wants me to do next? Maybe you're in the middle of something and what's next is to c continue doing what God has you doing. Or maybe there's a, there's a transition and, and there's something, uh, well, wh where do I go now, now that this is kind of wrapped up and, and what's the next step in my life? So, so we're looking at how to, how to find and follow God's will for our lives. I guess to be spiritually effective, uh, in our lives in this coming year. The Apostle Paul, in the book of Ephesians, emphasizes the importance of using our time wisely. In Ephesians 4.1, he says this, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In other words, if you consider yourself a follower of God, you've been called, you've been called by, by God to, uh, to, to live in a certain way. Uh, if, if you consider yourself a follower of God, live like it. 
It's basically what Paul is saying. Uh, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Live your life in a way that reflects the change that God has made and is making in your life. In the, in the next section of that letter there in Ephesians, uh, uh, Paul then describes very practically what that will look like. Uh, so if you are walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, it will look like this and it'll look like that. And, and he touches on virtually everything from, from, from marriage to, uh, to drinking to anger to sex to how to treat others and, and even to how you talk and, and how you use your words. And if you read through Ephesians 4 and 5, there's just some very, very practical uh, things that, 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 that Paul is laying out there that says these things would be part of your life if you are living up to the calling to which you have been called. It's, it's a great list of, of values and qualities, and, and we should be living up to those. But, but even as you read that, and probably some of you have read that in the past, uh, in the back of your mind, though, if, if you read through that list, uh, if you read through all those things that Paul is saying, you're going, man, yeah, yeah that's, that's great. I, I mean, I, I probably agree with, with most of these things here. I, I, yeah, but it's you know, it's, it's just not practical. How could anyone ever live up to all of this? He says, uh, live a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Live up to this, but how in the world could we do that? And so that's why in the middle of all this, uh, toward the end of chapter 5, uh, Paul says includes this, this uh, few verses of not just what to do, but how we're going to do it. How are we going to accomplish that? So in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15, 16, and 17, the Apostle Paul says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15 is uh, really kind of is the central thought here. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful how you live. It actually could be translated, uh, be careful how you walk, walking through life. Be careful how you walk. Maybe you could turn it around. Don't be careless how you walk. Uh, there's, there, it's just so much meaning in there. Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Don't be careless with your life. Uh, and that all got me to thinking about the fact that we used to have a dog. Abby was a great little beagle, and we, uh, we loved her a lot. Uh, she had a long leash, you know, one of those, we didn't have a fenced-in yard uh, here in, uh, in Medina where we used to live, and so we had one of those big long leashes with the stake in the ground, not steak like you would eat, the little, yeah, the little spirally, and, you, and, she, and so you had to clip her on every time she'd go out, and, and that served a couple of purposes. It kept her from running away, obviously, which she would have done. She would have come back because she was, she loved food, but um, she, she um, it kept her from running away. We clipped her on there. Uh, it also kept her confined to a certain part of the yard. That part of the yard, uh, no matter how vigilant we were, you still had to follow Paul's words to the, to the letter. Be very careful how you walk. Right? I mean, we were living scripture every time we went in the backyard. Be very careful how you walk. If, if anyone wanted to cut through the backyard, if I was heading out to the garage or anything like that, you needed to follow this certain arc. You know, you, you had the, the, the circle and, and she'd go down and then you had the, because the, the leash would only, and so you had to walk around this certain section just in case. 
Abby has been gone for quite a few years. There were several years afterward I would still find myself taking that same ark around the, the yard just in case, just because it was ingrained in my head that I needed to not be careless how I walked in the backyard. In life, we need to be careful how we walk. We need to be careful how we live. And the reason, the reason is very similar to why I had to be careful in that backyard. There are a lot of messes you can step into in life. And so Paul says, be very careful how you walk. In his words, he says, because the days are evil. God cares how we spend our time, not because he's this dictator that says, you've got to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. He, he says, be very careful how you live because he knows the consequences of the evil around us and he wants to help us avoid those consequences. And that starts with a conscious decision to follow God and to avoid evil. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to avoid the messes that are around me. I'm going to be very careful how I live. And that's really the first part. It's got, we got to start there when we're, when we're trying to discover God's will for our lives. Uh, we have to want to follow Him. Right? Uh, it starts with a commitment to serve God with your whole life. Uh, that, that desire to do what He wants you to do with your life. We can say, oh, I, I need God's will in this decision. But if we're not, if we haven't already made the decision back here to say, I'm gonna follow God completely, then, then we've gotten ahead of ourselves. It's gotta start with a commitment of my life to say, I'm gonna follow God, uh, wherever and whenever. I'm going to do what He wants me to do. And so I think obviously a new year is a great time not only to look ahead but also to reflect and we have to ask the question, can, can I say that I've been living carefully, that I've been living wisely, that you've been making the most of your opportunities? Are you being careful or careless with how you live? Could you be more careful with how you live. And, and I think we'd probably all say, yeah, I want to be careful. I want to follow God. I, I, it still seems kind of overwhelming, though. I mean, how can I really follow God's way of living? Uh, Paul includes a couple of things here to help get us started this morning in, in these, uh, these couple of verses that we looked at. And the first thing is to develop a heart of worship. Develop a heart of worship. We had a chance to, to worship this morning. We call this a worship service. It says so right on the front of your bulletin, right? This is a worship service. Most of the time we think music when we think worship. And uh, worship obviously is so much more than just singing a few songs once a week. Uh, uh, worship, you don't just worship with your voice. You worship with your heart. You worship with your life. It's, it's who we, uh, when, when we worship something, it's, it's who we're committed to. It's, it's what we, what, who and what we can't get enough of. We're, we're worshiping God completely. Uh, and, and many times that turns into a song on our mouths, in our hearts. Paul uses that metaphor of music here. He says, sing, in verse 19, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. I sing all the time. I grew up in a musical family. I was in choirs and groups. I had parts in musicals at school and at church, and I can pretty much break out into song no matter what's going on. Um, I, if, if I don't know the song, I make up the words. And if there isn't a song, I can make up the whole song. It's just how it is. It's just, I don't know, there's a, there's a movie from way back when, um, The Three Amigos, and they had the singing tree, I don't know, and they, yeah, that reminds me of me, uh, that's just singing all the time, and 
I don't know whether I should tell you to look up that movie. And Anyway, it's a whole other life, I think. But um, So in, in life, uh, I can pretty much, there's usually a song going in my head at some point. Uh, clearing the table after supper is a great time to burst into song. Um, at least I think so. Uh, Rebecca and I uh, can, can do, she's great at making up songs on the spot. She's, uh, she's got the gift. Uh, but our children have not appreciated that too much. They used to have, and they probably still have it somewhere, uh, they used to have a, uh, an imaginary button that traveled with them wherever they go, and they could hit that button to turn me off. They would, tap. And uh, I probably made the mistake of allowing that button to work, and uh, so I would, uh, would turn off. But, I mean, I need to be brutally honest right now. They've really hurt my heart and stolen my joy. Um, just kidding. Paul isn't necessarily saying here that we always have to be singing. Some of you uh, are like me, and you've just you've got a song. There, you, there's a there's there's a playlist going on in your head all the time. Uh, some of you, uh, you know, you're not the most musical person the, in, in the world. Maybe you don't enjoy singing. Maybe the people around you don't enjoy you singing. Uh, you know, it's, it, Paul's not saying you have to sing. But one way to use your time wisely in this life, he's saying, is to have a song in your heart. And again, what he's getting at there is to develop a heart of worship. Worship God and point people to him. That's part of what it means to, uh, to follow after him, to discover his will for your life, to be careful how you live, how you walk. Develop a heart of worship. What's next for you this year? Develop a heart of worship. Another thing that Paul points out here uh, is to develop a heart of gratitude. One key aspect of that song in your heart is uh, is gratefulness, gratitude, uh, thankfulness. Verse twenty says that that, uh, that that we are to always give thanks to God for everything. It's amazing what a grateful heart does. Not only for your life, but for the people around you. We can be uh, grumbling and, and complaining and arguing all the time, and that just kind of pulls everybody down. But if you're around someone who's uh, gracious and and has a a, a, a Heart of gratitude and thanksgiving is always uh, recognizing those things that for which they are they are grateful. It, it changes the whole mood of the room. It's uh, if you're grateful, you're humble. You you enjoy more. Uh, you enjoy more things. You you're you're kind. You try to return the favor to others, or you uh, you you pay back, or you 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 pay it forward. I, the the truth is that the blessings you enjoy in life are not just from your own doing. But God has blessed you. The people around you have poured into your life. You are who you are uh, because of what God has has given to you. And so we need to develop that heart of gratitude. What is next for you this year? Develop a heart of worship. Develop a heart of gratitude. But you won't be able to discern God's next steps for you without turning your whole heart over to him and letting him fill you with his spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill your heart. Now you can dig down and, and you can say, oh, I'm going to try to do better. Oh, I'm going to go to church more often. Oh, I'm going to, going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. But, but really, and Paul's getting to the crux of things here when he says in verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
We, uh, we take turns doing dishes at our house. Um, when I do it, I sing. Um, but that's, I've already covered that. Um, there's something about the process of taking those dirty dishes and, uh, and you know, we've enjoyed a good meal, but now we need to clean up, right? Um, when we had, the, man, all this is coming together. When we had the dog, we didn't have to do dishes as much. But um, <laughs> now you can come over. Um, no, there's something about, I, I don't know, I, I guess I get the picture, of my, when I think about being filled with the Spirit, it's, it's a great image of, of like taking a, uh, um, a glass or a cup or something that's, that's you know, I, I found a cup in my office this morning that I accidentally left there uh, with, you know, that much coffee in it for the week when I've been now on vacation, right? And so it's, you got that skim over the top, and it, you know, well, what am I going to have to do to, to get, get that cup ready to drink coffee? Well, pour more coffee in, right? No, I can't just fill it up right away, right? That, that, that would be nasty. Got to dump out the old coffee, maybe let it soak for a little while, uh, get some soap, clean it up, uh, wash it out with some good hot water, dry it out, and get it ready to be used again. Then I can fill it with what it needs to be filled with, and then I can enjoy what it's, uh, what it's holding I think that's a picture of what it might take to, uh, to, to see what it is like for God to fill us with his spirit. It's not just that, we, that God pours his spirit into us and, and, uh, and, and then everything just kind of... That he takes us, he cleans us up, he empties out anything that would be dirty and lead us away from him, the things that would lead us away from his will, uh, he, and then he fills us with his spirit. And when he does that, he purifies our, our, our hearts, he, he, uh, his spirit then begins to control who we are and what we do, he fills us from the inside out. Another image might be uh, if, if you're lost somewhere, maybe out in the dark somewhere. I, I guess if, if I'm lost in the dark in a place where I'm not familiar, uh, and I, I would probably need two things, a flashlight and a map, or I guess a GPS. If I've got my phone, I can do both, right? Uh, but, uh, but, but, but ideally, the best thing to have if you're in the dark, lost in a place where you don't know where you're going, is to have someone with you who knows the way. And the Holy Spirit can be that someone if we let him. He's described in scripture as both a counselor and a guide. He also develops godly character in our lives so that we actually become better people when we are filled with the Spirit. He fills us with his character and so that's what comes out and we're filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The fruit of the spirit begins to develop within us supernaturally, not just, oh, it's part of my personality. The fruit of the spirit, the Holy Spirit takes over. Uh, Paul uses the illustration of drunkenness here. When, When someone's drunk, many times they do things they wouldn't normally do, right? They say things they wouldn't normally say. Sometimes they can't even remember what they did or what they said. It's almost like they weren't themselves. They were somebody else. To an extent, that happens when God's Holy Spirit fills us. He lives through us. It's no longer me. It's the Holy Spirit living in me, guiding my steps, guiding my words, guiding my decisions, guiding my life. Galatians 2.20 That describes it best, I think. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. What's next 
for you this year. Be filled with the Spirit. Paul said that, that, that all of those things, uh, developing a heart of, of uh, worship, a heart of gratitude, being filled with the Spirit, all of those things will help us to, quote, understand what the Lord's will is. So it starts there. Over the next few weeks, we're going to dive deeper into how to discover God's will in our lives. But uh, we have to begin with this commitment to follow him, to, 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 to focus completely on him, on who he is, to focus completely on allowing him to fill us, to clean us up, to get rid of the things that would distract us from him, get rid of the things that would, would, uh, would, would keep us, hinder us from following him closely, to turn our eyes on him. 